I no. haven't thought about I was just like, let's just say our names. Okay. And then let's say what it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's a new season, I guess. Oh, okay. Most podcasts don't have yeah, seasons. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Yeah. So, so let's just say this is our 11th episode. Yeah. Is it? Well, there, it's, plus it's, the pilot. It we have to always, keep remembering that. I'm tired of that. I know, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to keep qualifying it. This is our 10th episode, but technically our 11th if we got the pilot. <laughs> I know. Let's not do that anymore. It can be like part of the mystique of the podcast. Kind of like there's, there's never a, missing, a 13th floor. There's a missing episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> This is it. We're Hold back. Wait, wait till you're on the camera. Oh, yeah. Well, I get okay. it. Okay. That's okay. Hey, I'm on. we're back. We're back for uh, episode 11. Episode 11 of Freedom Current. Freedom Current. I'm Brock Glaze. And I'm Jeremiah Kinney. We're glad to have you here with us. And, and what's this podcast all about? This podcast is about a couple of guys who get together and talk about the freedom that they have in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And so, we find out about them in our Bibles. So that's what we're doing. We've been doing a little... Uh, Took a little break for a little while. What did you do over the last Christmas, couple months? Christmas happened. Twenty twenty mm-hmm. happened. It's a new year. Yeah. And this is a good. This is going to be a good year. Twenty nineteen was a really good year. I had a baby. That's right. And uh, got a got got or started a different role at my job. Mm, that's cool. Um, pretty stoked. How about you? I didn't have any babies. Um, but you do have. And old, I kept my same a, job. You do have babies. I do have babies. You are a father. Yeah. They're all grown, grown yeah. up. Yeah. Actually, I sent one of my babies to live in a dormitory somewhere yeah, that's, far away. That's a scary time. I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah. dubious about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Um, For my own children. It was scary and it was good. Yeah, that makes sense. Like she was ready to go. Oh, I'm happy to get my kids out of the house. Yeah, right. Like already. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, tw- <laughs> they're 12 and under... Um, man. Well, I think a lot of us feel like that I love when they're my 12 children. and under. I love my children to death, but I also want them to be independent, and I just want them to, like, see the world on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no, Well, but, actually, you know, right around, like, between, like, 8 and 12, they're really fun. Yeah, no, they're they're actually a blast. They're pretty cool. They're good kids. I mean, uh-huh. every parent probably says that, but yeah. um, I... I enjoy being in their presence. Yes, the, totally. I enjoy being around them. Totally. They, they don't. They don't do anything like that. Totally drives me nuts. Yeah. Other than just yeah. Being well, so my my family. oldest was just ready to move on, and she's a grown up, and she's I'm really proud of her. Yeah, she's a really smart person and capable, and 
she's just ready to do the next part of her life and I don't want to get in the way of that I want to encourage that I mean that's what I've been raising her for so yeah I'm proud of her too off she goes that's awesome and uh, so we uh, got to bring her home several times while we've not been you know meeting together and she's just thriving she's doing really well Um, so yeah really proud of her did you get any cool Christmas presents what did I get I got several cool Christmas presents I got some red shoes Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did 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 you pick them out? No. Somebody bought you shoes. Yeah. You didn't even know about it. I know it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. But I love that. And they're bright red, and I love them. Are they like Adidas or something? Uh-huh. They, they are. are. They are Adidas. So yes. I just started working out for like the first time in five years, <laughs> and I didn't know what to wear. And my uh-huh. wife goes to the gym every day, and. She was trying to tell me what to wear, but I really didn't trust her opinion. And uh-huh. because, I don't know, I mean, she's going to hear this. <laughs> I, that's a horrible thing to say now that I think about it. Sorry, Elisa. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say I wanted a guy's opinion about what to wear to the gym. Um, so I asked a couple coworkers, and they recommended that I get some Adidas pants. And they're amazing. I, I actually like them so much. I went back. Well, I didn't actually buy a second pair. I, hov- I hovered over the buy now button on Amazon. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I didn't buy a second pair, but I really want to buy a second oh, pair because oh, yeah. they're really that good. I got a pair for Christmas. Now that we talk about oh, it, are these like soccer pants? Yeah, yeah. But they're kind of like a uh, winter kind mm. of thickness. That's nice yeah. because the ones I got are actually like just normal like soccer pants you'd just use yeah. in the spring or something. Yeah. And in the wintertime, if I'm outside, they're a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they breathe. Yeah. I know. It. I love them. And they kind of zip up the, the leg a little bit. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, they're great. What'd I, you get? Did you get anything good? Yep. I got some hot sauce, a whole big old thing of hot sauce oh, from my nice. mother-in-law. And, nice. uh, um, I, my, I, it was like a week before Christmas and I was out of hot sauce because I, I really like hot sauce, but I had, my parents had got me this one hot sauce when they were on vacation and I had used like the last drop and I was like, oh, I need to find some new hot sauce. And Elisa's like, uh, my wife, she's just like, can't you just wait one more week? And like, <laughs> I know. Don't buy yourself like, stuff. Don't buy yourself In December. Stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Duh. Yeah. I can. Right. And then my mother-in-law, Tina, and she's a sweetheart, um, bought me probably what was my favorite Christmas present was this box of just a ton of hot sauces, like an assortment of them. Because okay. I love hot sauce. Like nice. really hot sauce. Do they have cool names? Mm-hmm. Like, no. It's just they're named after like cities in Mexico or France or something. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, they're they're, Mexico, France. Oh, you mean like like the atomic bomb or something? No, they don't have anything like that. Okay. Um, I like flavor scorn. Yeah, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I I do like spicy food. Well, that's cool. When I go to the Thai restaurant, um, they have levels. You can get like one, two, three, four, or five, yes, or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. And then the Thai restaurant I go to has one called Thai Hot, which is like higher than those. Mm. So I actually get double Thai Hot. Nice. I'm just like, I was like, do you have anything hotter than Thai Hot? And they're just like, double it. And I was like, give me double Thai Hot. <laughs> I was like, I want to be in pain. <laughs> That's great. So we were at this Ethiopian restaurant one time, myself and my friend. And then my friend's friend, we were at a conference, and he he found this other guy. And this other guy was like, hey, I know this great restaurant. Let's go there. So we go to this Ethiopian restaurant. 
and I get hot, whatever. Um, my friend is like, I'll try something that's a little hot, hotter than that, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's give that a shot. And then his friend says, I want the hottest thing you've got, as mm. hot as you can make it. So it all comes out. That's scary. My friend is eating his, like, between the three of us, medium, right? Mm-hmm. His, his in the middle. And he's, he's crying. He's like, he's eating and just, we're talking, having a normal conversation like we're doing right now. And you can just see the tears just rolling down his cheeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's um, eating his food and the other guy is complaining about it. He's like, what is this? This is weak. What in the world? And he's just gobbling it up as fast as possible. And my friend was, was like, what's, what's going on? Why? Oh, I switched. They did. They didn't know that until like the <laughs> receipts came out, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Oh yeah. no, that problem—that was bad news. Wow. And I was like, "Well, hey, you know, you never would have had the guts to say that, but now you can say mm-hmm. that you've eaten the hottest thing they've ever they've ever had." Oh yeah, that's that's so. There you awesome. go. I, I definitely, so I think part of my problem is, well, I've learned, and I don't know if this is true, because I learned it on the internet, um, but I've learned that capsaicin, which is the chemical that it makes stuff like spicy hot, Okay. I've heard that it um, isn't really hot, like it's not, it's not truly going to hurt you, um, mm. it doesn't actually like burn your tongue or your insides mm. like, or anything like that. But it sends a signal to your brain that makes you think you're being burned. Um, and so you, you can actually like build up kind of a brain tricky immunity to it um, because it's not actually like... Wow, like you can't fool me. Yeah, like I've, I've experienced this so many times that I know it's not really hurting you. I wonder if that's why like when you're a little kid you don't like anything with any sort of again i don't know how true this is okay just okay. throwing this out there well then i'm, I'm gonna, gonna stop speculating well until i it's, find out how true well it's fun to, it's fun to spec it's fun to speculate either way but you know how like when you're a little kid you you you're like i can't i can't handle anything mm-hmm. i don't even want barbecue sauce and then after a little while you start to yeah. open up yeah and then you start to want things that are hotter and hotter and hotter yeah i wonder I, if that's what it is could be or it might, maybe it's not because maybe the whole thing is false. It could all be all. It could all be a bunch of baloney. Yes. Don't just go taking a bath in capsaicin. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Mind over matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I've I've tried to do that and it doesn't necessarily work. Take a bath in capsaicin. No, no. <laughs> just just get the most hot thing in the world. Yeah. Just thinking this is just a trick. I yeah. can I psych can myself it. out. Yeah, I don't know. And I, my brain hasn't. Has it figured out yet? Yeah, it's more than just talking. <laughs> yeah, I can't consciously. I can't consciously just right. avoid it. Right. Some I can't access that part of my brain. The human brain is amazing. It. Even <laughs> even right there, yeah. that little thing right there. It's the most amazing thing. What is that? I think the human you brain know? is probably the most fascinating thing in creation. Like you can think about space. Black holes are pretty cool. Black holes are cool, but we don't know much about them. And there's not like. So what you're saying is like, black holes could be like. I feel like we know more. I think I feel like there's more complexity to a human brain than a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> black hole is the opposite of complex. Yeah, I mean, a black hole is. I mean, a black hole is just this incredibly massive object that bends space time and light can't escape. It's it's 
it's uh, escape trajectory or whatever it's called. I mean, I get it. They're crazy fascinating, and their effects in the universe are amazing. And there are stars. Yeah, there are stars like way like many times larger, maybe even thousands of times larger than our own sun. Oh yeah. In fact, I think the star like Betelgeuse or Betelgeuse or whatever. I don't know how to say. It. I always say Betelgeuse. I think it is actually um, light minutes or light seconds across. Like, it's so big, yeah, you can actually yeah. measure its width in, like, the light meters yeah, or whatever. That's incredible. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Whereas everything, technically, you could, but it just goes right, so fast you wouldn't you do that. But, like, the sun is, like, eight light minutes away from us. Uh-huh. I think this star is, like two and a half light minutes across or something yeah. like it's almost as big as like the distance between That's us and incredible. the sun i'm just like what yeah 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 it's pretty neat yeah but i think the human brain i think it's right here in front of us it's like hiding in plain sight and i mean we don't want to just experiment on them because they're inside of humans but um i think it's incredibly it is incredibly it cool is. yeah yeah i agree all well, right. speaking of the human brain, yeah. let's use ours. Let's, uh, let's use our brains and um, our hearts. Like a podcast. And here's a 20-sider. Okay. Our, yes. our, our trusty icosahedron. And we have a board with 20-ish uh, 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 topics. We do. And on these um, on this board, we've checked off nine of them, yeah, ten we, of them, yeah. ten of them. Yeah. We're on episode 11. We're on episode 11. So we've checked off ten of these things. And so... We've left the other 10. I still don't feel like doing 19 or 20 yet. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. So don't roll those. I won't roll a 19 or 20. Okay. I roll won't. anything else. Pick one that you think would be fun, and then I'll roll that. Okay, see if you can get number... Uh, two. We want you two. You want two? I okay. want two. Okay, I was going to say six. Okay, but, two or six. Those are good. But I, I oh, agree. Oh, six is good, too. But I like two. Well, we've talked about, we talked about six in just a funny, like, short conversation at some point in our break. I feel like. I feel like it came up. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe that was did. just me and another friend. Maybe we did. <laughs> All know. right. Here we go. Two or six. Ten. Depart from me, Lord Luke 5. Apart from well, that's what we're gonna do. I guess so. Okay, is that what you're it. thinking? We're let's going with the roll. All right, go with the roll. We have we have chosen not to exercise we, our freedom. But to here's the thing, though. Ignore. We we the we die. used our free will to choose to use the die. That's right. I love it. Yes, yes, indeed. What are we at again? Luke five. Luke five. I'm gonna be. I don't know why I went to Luke ten. Oh, because you rolled ten. That's why I went to Luke 10. Luke, Luke 5. Chapter I don't five. know what this is about. Almost there. I don't need... I mean, depart from me, Lord. So that, that's why you titled it. And that... that It rings a bell. Oh, I, I know why. This is when Peter meets Jesus. Oh. Okay? Okay. And he says this. All right. I was thinking this was some demon saying this mm. or whatever, but it's not. This is Peter saying this. So here we go. Luke chapter 5. Would you like to um, pray? Yep. And then I'll read. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Dear Jesus, you are um, our Lord. And when we see you, we might feel, uh, we might feel, at least when we first met you, we, like Peter, probably wanted you to depart from us because of um, us knowing our sin. And, uh, and we are, and we still sin and offend you, but you love us anyway. And you've, you've offered us forgiveness and you've offered to forgive us. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I just pray that we would learn something beautiful from this chapter and uh, that you would be here right here with us in this room, even if you choose not to speak in the microphone. And we love you and we will uh, we'll praise you for what we talk about today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, let's start at the beginning of Luke 5 and we'll read to verse 11. Does that sound good? Yep. Here we go. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Hmm. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Mm. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Alrighty. Hmm. The Lake of Gennesaret. I always thought they were on the Sea of Galilee. I think it's the same. Oh. I don't know. Let's look at our map in our Bibles. Does your Bible have a map? No. You don't have a map? I don't think so. This is, this is a Gideon Bible. This is just a, the, my gold Gideon Bible. Your gold Gideon Bible. I, it's Vegas. an it's an ESV. Yeah, it came from Vegas. It came from ba- my hotel in Vegas. Well, okay, I think it's the same as the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure that because um, okay, so it's dry, there's another not... lake north of the Sea of Galilee called this is fun Lake Hula. Hmm. I didn't know. Wonder that. if that's where the hoops come from. <laughs> lake Hula. <laughs> All right, so I think it's the same as the Sea of Galilee. And I'm sure that if we ask Google... Yeah, we could probably find that figure And I'm sure that most of our listeners have already done that by now. Probably. Well, actually, by the time we're listening, we will have already done that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just take that for granted, that it's the Sea of Galilee. All right, so it's not Lake Hula, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Because I think my map would have said Lake Gennesaret instead of Lake Hula. Two boats by the lake. All right. So, what do you picture there? Well, I'm trying to figure out how many people are listening. Because he saw two boats hanging out. Uh-huh. I said by the lake. Are they not just? Are they not in the lake? I don't know. I'm not going to nitpick. No, it says, oh, and he saw two boats by the lake. Eh. But the fishermen had gone out of them. They were washing their nets. So, they were probably just pulled up on the shore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that probably is what I'm picturing, but I'm wondering how many people are here. It says a because, crowd. Because they, well, it says a crowd, but they had just gotten done fishing. So it's not like they, it's not like, well, well, here's the thing. 
Peter and his crew weren't a part of the disciples no. yet. This was before then. Right. So Jesus probably already had some people following him around. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well, and everywhere he went, he was probably still attracting people. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so a crowd, and then Peter, and he's just he's just nearby them. Yeah, and he ends up going and 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 he he sat sits down and teaches them. And oh, from the you know what? We should have read from someplace earlier. Okay. Do you mind if we back up a little bit? Mm-hmm. Let's do like a little flashback. Okay. okay? All right. So here we go. Um, go back to chapter four, verse thirty-eight. Okay. All right. It says Jesus arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now, when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hand on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose, and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So, and my my Bible says in the synagogues of Galilee. So ooh. that might be a little reference to our sea. Well, I have a little footnote on Judea that says <clears throat> some manuscripts say Galilee. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Okay, and he was in Galilee in Luke four thirty one. Okay, so so Simon already knew him. That's the point. Yeah. It looks like they had... I mean, we, what we just read could have been a whole other podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a pretty awesome right. little... So I think they so, are acquaintances. Okay. Bare minimum. Okay. Right? Yeah. And Simon's not going to forget this guy. No, 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 no. Simon he now... he healed his mother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Simon feels like more than an acquaintance. I mean, yeah. they're acquaintances. They're not like best friends yet, but he's just... He's he like, oh, I know this guy. guy. Yeah. And it explains why he called him master. Yeah, there you go. Not just because, oh, wow, he that was some good teaching. <clears throat> but it's like, that was some good teaching. And a couple of nights ago, I saw him heal my mother-in-law and this whole crowd was pressing that night. And now this crowd is pressing this night too. So it's possible that wherever he goes, he gets a big following. I don't see where it says he's talking to a crowd. I'm dwelling on a point that I shouldn't be. Are you in chapter 4 or chapter 5? Chapter 5. Um, chapter 5, verse 1. On one occasion, oh, while the crowd, while the crowd was, was, pressing. was pressing in. Cool. All right. You took care of my little thought. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes you need to... Just make sure. Iron things out. Okay. So they're pressing, and it's like he's he's pressed all the way up to the actual water. Is yeah, and he's lapping like, up on his heels. I'm just going to stand in this boat. Yeah. Get, get my feet out of the water like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sat down, and he's like, all right, pay attention. So he sees down the way, 50 yards maybe or whatever, a couple fishermen, and it's and it's Peter. Yeah. Again, it's Simon, Simon Peter. And he's like, hey, bring your boats over here or something like that. Right. Yeah, he got into Simon's boat. Yeah. He says. Yeah. Yeah. And it says he asked him to put out a little from the land. So Simon has to drop his nets. He comes over. Oh um, yeah. And he's just like, push me into the water a little bit, put an anchor down or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that A, it's easier for the people to gather around. I don't feel crowded. Right. And I'm just sitting here and it's good. Right, right. And so now he's kind of got like a little platform. Yeah. Basically. Interesting. That's an interesting little setting. Yeah. 
Yeah. So maybe they, maybe he sits down in the boat, which maybe encourages everyone else to just sit down and stop pressing forward. And here's what's cool. It wasn't, and and that's that's where we're at. And then it says, and when he finished speaking, mm-hmm. when he's done, he's done speaking to the crowd. Yeah. Now he's just talking to Simon. Right. And he right. said to Simon, put out, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And that's when Simon says. This is a waste of time. Like, yeah. We've already so done. it's like, okay, so he just gives this whole long teaching thing, which could have been an hour or two or three. We don't know, right? Could have been a while. Probably wasn't just the 20-minute sermon that... No, because he's just he's get. just sitting and talking and teaching to the people. And as long as the people are willing to listen and he has yeah. stuff to say, they're yeah. probably just still hanging out. Yeah. yeah. And then he probably... He concludes... And they might have questions. He and... wraps it up. Yeah, they might. This Maybe. is probably informal setting. imagine setting? how cool that would be? Uh. To be able to, after hearing Jesus talk for a couple hours, to raise your hand and ask a question. How amazing would that be? That'd be pretty amazing. Someday I think we'll get to, get to do that. Oh, yeah, we will get to do that. That's probably... We, you could spend eternity doing that. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And we wouldn't exhaust it. Hey, Jesus, can you explain what the black hole is? Yeah. Can you explain why I didn't used to like hot sauce and now I do? I don't know if it'll be that silly or not. No, no. But he's going to be able to explain some of that stuff. Of course he will. He'll, right? he'll bring it up himself. He's like, guess what you didn't know? Guess, guess what, what you thought know. you knew? Yeah. Yeah. But your neurosurgeons weren't actually able to discover the real truth about this. Whoa, you know, mind's blown <laughs> every day. I mean, yeah. I do think that that's going to be, I mean, it says that he will dwell with us in Revelation. We won't need a son because we will have him. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So that. Is, so as magnificent as those stars were, like we don't even need them. Don't even need them. <laughs> Talk about enlightening, cool. right? Yeah. So there is, um, there is uh, Jesus. He gets done. He wraps it up. He looks over at Simon. He's just been kind of sitting in the boat, probably listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's go out. Let's go out." You know what I like is that it doesn't say this. I'm in, I'm inferring some things okay. here. That's fine. Um, That's fine. But just like in a previous episode where Jesus read the thoughts. Of of the the Pharisee when he was thinking about the prostitute, right, right, which is um, Luke. 7. I feel like Simon's probably sitting there thinking about the fact that they caught no fish and they're making no money or something like that. Maybe so. He's probably just sitting there thinking like we didn't we didn't get squat, yeah. and then Jesus is like, "Hey, yeah. go toss your net in the in the lake." Yeah, and then Peter just is like, "Yeah, we already did that all night." Certainly, Jesus knew. Because he knew that there would be some form of like of why, surprise of meaning to this, like yeah. it had meaning for him to do this. So Jesus definitely knew. Yeah, in he, fact, it wasn't like Let, let's go, let's go get some more. And Simon's like, I already got to grab. I dragged all the rest of this to the. Well, market. here's what we almost can guarantee. I mean, you can guarantee it's true, and the Bible definitely doesn't say this, but I guarantee it's true. Okay, go ahead. Just like we're about to find out that Jesus caused their nets to be overflowingly full. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that God chose yeah. all night to not let a single fish swim into that net. Yeah. Like it's a it's he's yeah. setting a stage in Peter's heart. Oh, no doubt. And it's not just nature's in control. That's a great point. Like God made sure That's that providence. they didn't get any fish. That's providence. Oh my goodness. And you know what? You know what? Sometimes so okay. we can so we can, can we get real metaphorical here and yeah. symbolic for just a minute. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we will go through a season. I hate this phrase, but you have to use it. This season of life 
that is like Peter's all night with no fish. And you might go through months or even years of the equivalent of all night with no fish. And he just went through a long season where his mother-in-law was really sick and his wife was distraught about it. Yeah. And this Jesus guy comes along and provides us a a miraculous solution to that. Oh my goodness. You're giving a lot of background to Peter that I hadn't thought of. That Peter was used to having some difficult times, some rough times. He wasn't just some random guy happily whistling on his way. He, he He was a real person. With some real struggles. Yeah, and he had weights and, and worries. Weight on his shoulders, mm-hmm. yes. And so maybe, maybe you know, there are times when, when we go through life um, and things seem difficult. And we might be saying, why God? Why aren't you providing what I need? Why don't I have what I want? Whether it's health or restored relationships with loved ones or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it's very possible that God is causing the fish to swim away from your net. Because if he allows just a few fish to swim in your net, then you'll just keep trusting in yourself. Yeah. And if you keep trusting you'll in yourself. Just keep your... working hard. Yes. And putting in the hours to get all those little catches of fish. Yes. Yes. And you'll never be amazed by God. You'll never be um, brought to your knees in humility about who you are. Mm. Um, you'll just keep working hard. Keep mm. working hard for the just the getting by. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, maybe you can look at, if you're going through a period of time that is hard, maybe you can look at that as God setting you up for a big catch later. Mm-hmm. Now that big catch later may not be what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It may not be what you would design it to be. It's going to be better than what you would design it to be. It may not be money. It may not be health. It may not be the thing that you want. But it's going to be better than you can imagine. And it's going to be something that causes this big catch is always going to bring about awe in Christ. I'd say I'd caveat this and say that's true for whoever God wants it to be true. But it may not be true for everyone. And the reason I say that is because God and the Bible says that God shines his sunlight on the righteous and the unrighteous. And he rains on the righteous and the unrighteous or pours out rain. So there are going to be unrighteous people. Oh, yes. That God will fill up their boats with fish. Right. And there are going to be righteous people that they'll, they'll they'll not see it. Maybe in this lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so God's plan, God's purpose is, but to your point, I do think for those of us who have faith in Jesus, that if we're going through a time of um, empty nets, mm-hmm. um, that we can read this and absolutely have hope. Because if we have hope in Jesus, then our eternal um, destiny is, is secure. Um, and, God also has a purpose for us in this life. He wants us to be fishers of men. And so so he is so that time of no fish, he he wants every single one of us Christians to be fishers of men. He is doing something. So the good news is he's definitely doing something and he's mm-hmm. sovereign. One of You're the not things, just left alone. One of the things you have to be when you are a fisher of men as Peter will become and as we might we might be um one of the things you have to be to be a fisher of men is dependent on God. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're going through a season of empty nets, that, that is a 
thing that is good for you in order to get you to what you need to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's good. You know, we don't always know how it's good, but it is good because God is good. And it is some form of, some form of training mm-hmm. to prepare us for the thing that we need to do down the road. We can't be fishers of men if all we ever do is depend on ourselves and just work hard. Mm-hmm. It won't work out. No. Nope. Yeah. So, so I think this is pretty cool. It is really cool. That, that these empty nets, and I love, I love this, this guarantee that you made, <laughs> and I believe it too. I believe it because the Bible teaches things like, Paul says, for example, let me back up your guarantee with some Bible. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, I believe, he says, um, I know how to have and I know how to not have. Um, I've learned in all states to be content and I've learned how the, the secret to being content. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, so this idea of not having, whether you know, with your nets being empty, is a, is a God-directed thing. Yeah. God and, ordained that, that period. Yeah. And um, the secret is we can be content in those periods. Um, not saying not to take away from real pain and real suffering, <clears throat> real loss, um, or a real oppression even. Um, but right. Not to <clears throat> trivialize it. No. But Jesus is bigger than any of that suffering. Mm-hmm. And if you know him, then it almost makes it trivial. It could almost make it trivial. There are people who know the secret, and most people don't, and I don't know if I do. I do think that I have had a taste of it, um, and God has given me a glimpse, and so I'm so thankful for it. And I, I truly hope that when, when I go back into a season of an empty net, which I just assume will happen, um, right. that, that I remember that secret and that I'm able to, to, to rest. Yeah. I don't know if I will be, so I'm not saying anybody should have to like feel guilty if they're not. Of course not. But Which is another important thing. Um, we shouldn't be surprised when we get into a time of empty nets. Maybe we've had a time of catching a lot of fish, mm-hmm. and now we get into a time of having an empty net. We shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't be um, so overcome and distraught and overwhelmed that we lose our faith, that we go into depression or despair or, or stress and take it out on people or start to doubt God. We don't need to do those things. Um, we can say, I've been in a time of empty nets before and God was faithful. And I've had times of good and abundance and full nets and God was faithful. And I'll have a time now of empty nets. Mm-hmm. And God's got this. God's been here before. God knows how to carry me through. I mean, I think that's where God works the most often is. So I was, when you were saying don't lose your faith through a time, I was like, man, what good is faith if you only have it during full times? I mean, Jesus himself said, how hard is it for the rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven? True. Um, so, <clears throat> And he also said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. 
And he said the last will be first and the first will be last. Yeah. So those who have had struggles and who were last on this earth, and they and then, then the 1% billionaires were the first. Um, Jesus loves the poor, and he loves those who are, who are humble and poor, even just poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be in poverty. They may just be poor in spirit. But mm-hmm. he loves that. He loves that. And so... He, and he doesn't just love it. He rewards it, and he holds it up, and he makes weak things strong. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back to our, our um, theme. Our theme is freedom current. Here we are on the boat, on the water. Oh, like a current. With the current. We have the freedom to be content. I think sometimes we think we need things so that we can be content. If only I could have this, and we'll set the bar kind of medium, medium height. Mm-hmm. Not too high. I don't want to be too greedy. But we'll say, if only I can have this, then I can be content. But we have the freedom to be content in all things. Mm-hmm. Because we already have Jesus Christ in the boat with us. That's that's the point. We have the freedom to be content in all things. Um <clears throat> It's not always easy. It's an, an no, easy it's not always thing easy. To, no. to, to do, but we do have the freedom to do that. And um, I think, not only I think, the only way we are free to do that is because the Son of God has set us free. And, mm-hmm. we, and we can only do that when he is with us. When we are in Christ. I mean, look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. Okay, yeah. you think you're being... You have a bad day. They're yeah. standing in the middle of a fiery furnace being burned alive. Being content. And they're content because they know God has the ability to save them if he wants to. Yeah. And guess who's with them in yeah. that bur- in that fire? Jesus. And so if, if Jesus right isn't there. with us, then we don't have the freedom to be content. But right. if he is, we right. do. And and so Jesus is the answer. Jesus, it's not like yes. a, this isn't a psychological podcast where we're trying to get people like lie, like self-help tricks. Yes. Jesus Correct. is the answer. Right. You do, right. You're not going to be content. Get in the boat that Jesus is in. Truly, without Jesus. Yes. Seriously. Get in the boat that's that Jesus is That's where the fish in. are. Humble yourself. And that's, I think, where we're about to get to. Here in this story. So, yeah, um, we haven't even got to the title. I know, we haven't got to the main thing yet. Okay, <laughs> so he says, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. <coughs> oh, I love this. And Simon goes, um, Master, we, we toiled all night, we took nothing. But at your word, I'll let already, down the nets. And they've already washed their nets. Yeah. It was earlier that they were washing their nets. So their nets are already clean. They've got to dirty them up again. Now I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah we did yeah. this all night. Uh-huh. The nets are clean and dry and folded. And, and, and we're <laughs> depressed or discouraged or disappointed. Yeah. You know. But, come on. Now, but, so don't get, my, don't get my hopes up. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Have you ever said that to, to Jesus? I wonder if any of our listeners ever have. Don't, Jesus, don't get my hopes up. Just, I found this this status quo of despair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm starting to like just get used to it. I can be kind of comfortable here in this kind of state of disappointment. Yeah. And, and change can be another form of I'm misery, even altering, as if it's not amazing change. Yeah, no doubt. I'm altering my expectations to this level of blah. And... Jesus, don't don't make me change. Don't make me get back up there. And here he is saying, but but look at this. He says, but at your word, 
I'll let down the nets. So I like that it's all in one. So the first sentence, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, ends in an exclamation point. I'm ex- I'm assuming that the translators um, translated that excla- exclamation yeah, point. Yeah, they put it in there. That's an interpretation. Well, maybe. But that's what I was thinking. I actually was assuming it wasn't. I was assuming there was some sort of punctuation in the Greek. Mm-mm. There's not. Mm-mm. Does the Greek not have that kind of punctuation? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I know you know this, so here we are. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's really strange. But okay, um, so that's a, that. I don't necessarily need to hold on to that too much. Okay. But um, I do like that in the quotes. It's not a dialogue where Jesus has to convince him. He's like he like convinced himself in his heart. Yeah. Like he's he said oh, I like this. he said like master we did it all night and he's like rejecting and pushing but then he's realizing this is the guy that healed my mother-in-law. Yeah. And this is the guy I just listened to teach and he was talking about faith or something. And so right right right. <laughs> right. I'm just like but but at your word I will do it. Like like I feel like I should be trusting you here. And not pushing back. And so he, like, changed his mind, like, mid-sentence. So doesn't that tell you kind of a little bit? I mean, that's exactly like me. I do that all the time. It's 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 a picture of faith, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is the very expression. That's what I mean. Expression of faith. What if, if this is the expression of faith, then how do we define what that expression is? It's, it's a battle between yourself and what you know about God. Yeah, what you... What, what you see versus what you know about God. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. That's what this is. And Peter's like, this is what I know to be the normal hmm. way that things are. And this is what I know about God. So the point is, if God calls you to something, or if God tells you something in his word, I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I just wish that that I, I could hear from God and he would just tell me. But God's already told me so many things in his word. Do I do those things? Yeah, no, he has done. Like, like, like Jesus told the parable about the rich man that went down into hell and he said, just send... Just send me to back to my brothers. Yeah, and the point was they already have the Bible and they don't listen to that. Exactly. It's like they have better resources than yeah. just taking your word for it. Yeah. Because if they just see a... Year, like if I just saw a ghost... I don't even know if that's really my brother. Like, yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know what this is. This could be a figment of my imagination. I'm not just going to trust you and change my whole life because yeah, of it. Come on now. So, so what's happening here is <laughs> is something really cool where, where, where Peter says, he's decided I'm going to listen. And um, We if, just assumed our listeners know all about that story. Yeah, <laughs> we were just talking about details. And I'm just sitting there like... Out of context, if they have not, if they don't know that story, that's going to sound really weird. Yeah, yeah. But. You can look this one up on the Google. It's the rich man and Lazarus. Look it up yep. and read that story. So, so I think if we're always like, God, I just want to hear your voice. I want you to tell me what my calling is or whatever. Read the Bible. But also, whether you whether you know this calling to be an opportunity that that God has laid out in front of you, or you've got. Um, the word from God in the Bible, even if society disagrees with it, even if society says, no, that's not right, you can trust not your senses, but you can trust God. Mm-hmm. You can trust God over your senses. You can trust God over what you feel is going to work mm-hmm. or is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Just trust him. Yep. 
Um, it's it's the same as what well Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were doing that in Babylon. Um, the the law said worship this false god, worship this king, and um, the capital L law, God's law, said you shall have no other gods before me, and you will not worship at any um, handmade images. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. So um, they're like, well, we're going to trust God's law over human law. Even though our senses and maybe their friends and everything else, I mean, is they probably like, looked around and everybody else was bowing to it. Yeah. Even their Hebrew, other Hebrew friends. And you know, you could say just you and don't they have to were bowing your well, heart. Well, the thing is, they were enslaved, weren't they? At this time, or were they free? And a little, little mixture. Yeah. Um, so if 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 they were enslaved, they could probably justify it in their mind. Like I'm doing this under protest and by force. I'm yeah. not actually. And I'm the, not bowing in my heart. And and, right. and 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 yeah, exactly, exactly. And so they could easily justify why they're doing this because they're being forced to do it. It's almost like somebody's standing there with a gun to their head, yeah. literally. Yeah. With a fiery furnace to their body. Yeah. They yeah. were standing. You know. So so the fact that they refused to do it, regardless of whether they were enslaved at that time, but yeah, they could have had other ton of excuses. They could have. And 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 so we've got all these excuses, I think, when we're like, well, if I calculate it, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've seen this before. This is not how things work. But at your word, I'll obey. Mm-hmm. That that is, I think. Um, the mark of following Christ. We as Christians are are called to follow Christ. Not just pray a prayer so we can go to heaven and not hell. We as Christians are called to follow Christ. So at his word, whatever the Bible says, at his word, let's trust him. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'm pretty much committing verse 5 to memory. Not because... It appears to just be full of doctrine uh-huh. because it's just such a good reminder of what yeah. faith is. Like I liked what you said earlier about like almost a definition of faith. It's it's or at least the definition of um, acting in faith. It's the difference between what we can see and what we think we know um, versus what what we know about God. Yeah. So we know yeah. something about God and we know it's true and we know it's um, official. Like really true it doesn't just it's not just like most often true right um it's not like this is the best way the law of average generally yeah says do this but right i'm gonna go ahead and try putting on red even though (laughs) roulette is a horrible gambling opportunity (laughs) Um, you know whatever uh yeah i like that definition of acting in faith the difference between what we think we know or what we can see with our own eyes and what we know about god well, we know and i think god. just peter's sentence describes that and i'm going to remember that master we toiled all night and took nothing but at your word i will let down the net it acknowledges it acknowledges just kind of the small amount of discomfort i feel in my heart from my flesh uh-huh and tells me that that is real and there, but it's it's oh, it's, tempt- it's tempting me and it's working against my faith. Yeah, and so I can overcome it because Peter overcame that fleshly. Oh, I love this. You go right ahead and engage with that discomfort you feel in your flesh. Yeah, you don't have to. You have the freedom to disagree with that discomfort you feel in your flesh. Mm-hmm. You do not have to get sucked into that riptide. You have the freedom to disagree with your flesh on that. Yep. I really like that. 
Okay, so when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. The nets were breaking. I love it. They had to signal to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled up both boats. Both boats. So now so, both boats well, no. are sinking. Yeah, so both boats began to sink. Both boats. Hilarious. They've probably never seen this many fish in their entire career. How many fish <coughs> do you have? And now, these aren't little, like, three-man rowboats. No, no, they're probably a boat the size of this room, which I yeah. guess you probably can't see the size of this room. But it's but probably we can. it's probably the size. It's probably twice the yeah. size yeah. of a minivan. Right, you right, know, right, right, or, right. Or you know, it's probably yeah. two minivans stuck back to back. Yeah, it's a, yeah it's, that's a, a good point. it's a decent sized boat, and it's got the buoyancy that uh, on the water that like all the that minivan wood. has the stability on on the asphalt. I mean, yeah. it's it's gonna hold up. Yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to hold up. I mean, under boats, a, under fishing, a load of fish. fishing boats. At this point, the technology is like thousands or something years old, so they know how to build a good fishing boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, and and they're both sinking. And it's meant to catch a whole net of fish. <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> and they oh. keep, but they keep catching them. Yeah, and they have to bring over the other boat. They're like panicking. They're just like, we can't lose these fish. Bring the boat, bring <laughs> get the other one. over. And so the then other... they row out real fast, right? And they get out there as fast as they can. And now all of these guys, all four or five of them, are all pulling on the net, trying to pull it into the water. And now both boats are going under. Jesus is on this boat, so it's not going to go under, right? Right, so Jesus is on this boat. Yeah, and that was his point. Wasn't his bit. point wasn't to destroy their boat? Right. <laughs> right. His point isn't like let's put them in peril. His point was I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them that when I say get in the net, they get in the net. Yes. All of them. They come from the whole lake to yeah. find that net. It's like <laughs> all these fish just like turn around, huh? And they just head head to the net. I love it. I love it. I would love to know what those fish were thinking at that point. Like. To get there like that, like that. it's just like we were commanded by the Lord to go to that uh, GPS location. No doubt. <laughs> and no they doubt. they went there and they jumped in that net just like it was their life's goal. Yeah, it's like come and eat us. Okay, <laughs> so here they go. So so Jesus just fills it up. So now Jesus's feet are getting wet again, right? I love it. This is twice that his feet were getting wet. So now his feet are getting wet. The boats are beginning to sink a little bit. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down. Simon Peter, let's go to the net. He says, forget about this. He gets the point, doesn't he? Well, he, well, I think the point he gets is that God himself is standing in my boat. Which, which is which far... It, it terrifies him. Yeah. Because he, at first, he was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's doing it again. He's yeah. doing a miracle. This is sweet. Who is Come this? Come on, let's get these. Who fishing. is this guy? Guys, get over here!" And then suddenly, it's like, "Wait a minute." It's like, "Who is this guy?" Indeed, yeah. Like this isn't just some guy. Yeah, yeah. And then and he's this just isn't like, just some great, great moment. Yeah, he puts his face on the ground. That's what I've told my son. I was like, "If G, like I've asked, like my sons asked me, like, what would you do if you like saw Jesus today or something like that." And I was like, dude, I was like, I think the chances of me like just being, just being happy, Mm -hmm. which I would be tremendously happy, but I was like, Mm -hmm. the chances of that just being my, oh, it's, we're at grandma's house, give her a big hug. No, no. I was like, chances are you're going to see me flat on the ground with my face buried as deep in the dirt as I could get it and just like, oh my goodness. And then he lifts you up. Yeah. And he says, get up here and give me a hug. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. 
right? That's how C.S. Lewis describes the um, children's encounters with Aslan, like, every time. Hmm. They, like, bow, they fall, they're like, what? Who are you? And then he comes over and, like, um, nudges them to stand up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's um, just a, a beautiful... Re- Revelation chapter 1 is like that. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where John just falls on his face. Well, and that's... And, the, and that... Literally, Rudy said this to me the other night. He memorized... You know, our like one of our favorite quotes from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which you'll probably guess. Mm-hmm. It's the Aslan, is he safe? Um, oh, yeah. But he had memorized that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about, we were, I don't, what were we What does it say? About? He's not safe. Well, because Lucy found out from right. Mr. Beaver that uh-huh. Aslan's a lion, and she gets really scared because she he's goes, a lion. Is, is he safe? Is he quite safe? Yeah. And Mr. Beaver, like, takes a second and he's like, of course he isn't safe. But he's good. But he's good. He's yeah. the king. And so it's the difference. It's like once you realize yeah. you're standing with God, yeah. your first your first acknowledgement is I am not safe. Especially right. I I'm a sinful man. I am not safe. Um, and he even says, Peter even says, Depart from me, yes. Lord, for I am a sinful man. Like I don't even want my sin to be in your presence. Like, don't you realize I'm sinful and you you shouldn't be around me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and Peter can't go anywhere. He's he's on a sinking boat. Yeah. So, but he knows Jesus could go wherever he wants. Yep. And he's like, "You just go. You got to go." I'm. He recognized. Well, little did Peter know he'd be walking. He'd on be that walking water. on that water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, he can't go anywhere, but he knows. But he someday, does, buddy. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> someday you'll be expressing all kinds of faith. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you read my mind. Yes. So, so um, th- this is amazing. Um, he sees it and he falls down at Jesus's knees and he thinks about his relationship with the Lord and he recognizes it's it's called ontology. I don't know this word. It's I've heard it, but I don't know what it means. The the essence, the beingness that there's an ontological difference between himself and Jesus oh, of Nazareth. Okay. Yeah. Just that like Jesus like Jesus is a higher order of being. That makes sense. Than him. I know that word now. Because I can think of, like, angels have a different ontology than humans. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And he immediately recognizes that that he is, he's a nothing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not looking at those fish coming in as, like, his just do. Like, finally, God's giving me what I deserve. Yeah. He's not looking at those fish as like that's a good point. Merely just like um, some happy, wonderful accident or moment. Mm-hmm. He's he's recognizing all of a sudden, at, he doesn't deserve one of those fish. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve to ever catch another fish again in his life. He doesn't deserve. He doesn't. He is essentially acknowledging that he doesn't deserve to live in his presence. He said, "Depart from me." And I'm thinking, yes. like you're saying, he doesn't have anywhere to go. Peter would rather just sink in that boat right there, yeah, because he knows that he doesn't even deserve to be alive. He in doesn't his deserve to be in in God's presence and breathe the same air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that is this is where I think Peter becomes a follower of Christ um, in his heart. Um, the Old Testament would say to get a circumcised heart. Yep. Um, this is, I think, where, in, like Ezekiel would say, um, God will remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. I think this is when Peter converts to Christ following. This is when he's born again. When he's born again. When he changes his religion. 
And I think this is what happens right here. And what is it? It is a humility or a repentance about sin. It is a, 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 an awareness, an ontological awareness of um, sinfulness, the sinfulness of sin, the sinfulness of myself, and the holy, righteous goodness of God. I think he suddenly gets it right there. And he says, I, I, I can't be around you. You can't be around me. We're different. Mm-hmm. I don't have any claim on you. Uh, that's that's where every one of us needs to get to. We need to get to it. But at the same time, to be born again or to have your heart made from stone into flesh. Yeah. Um, is not is not within my power. No, you can't do that. Uh, 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 you have to. I think you have to respond like Peter first did and said, "Master, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I'll do this." We have to acknowledge that Jesus is God and kind of as um, read about Him and study about Him and and think about Him from the Scriptures and 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 invite Him into our own life and just say, you know, if Jesus, if you're really true. Then be become a part of our my life, um, and be and be and and then when Jesus does something to change your heart, um, don't don't be like ah oh, I I'm owed this. Um, realize what it is. Humble yourself in that moment and let Jesus yeah. change your heart. Don't resist him. If you think you're owed this, then you're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you rec- recognize straight up, that's the absolute truth. But when you recognize, depart from me, O Lord, I am a sinful person. When you recognize that, don't be afraid. Of course he's not safe, but he's good. Mm-hmm. He's the king, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you recognize, depart from me, I'm sinful, then trust that he will be good. Mm-hmm. Trust that he will lift you up. Trust that he will say, but you're mine and, you're, and, you're, and, and we're together um, and you can follow me. This is what Jesus says, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch. Uh, it talks about James and John, um, partners. Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. Before we even get to the second half of that, let's just think about that. Depart from me, O Lord, for I'm a sinful man. And he says, don't be afraid. And then he gives him a mission. Yeah, but first he's like, don't be afraid. That's true. Like the Lewis quote. Mm-hmm. Of course he's not safe, but he's good. Well, he tells he can tell that Jesus or that Peter is afraid. I mean, yeah. by by his very action, and yeah. he's probably yeah. he's probably like shaking and sweating and having a conniption fit, or I don't even know no what doubt. that is. No but, doubt, um, he's probably having a panic. A panic. Yeah, he's some prob- kind of. Yeah, yeah, he's not just—he's not just saying these words because he thinks he's supposed to. Like he's like uttering them barely because it's all he can do, and it's like from the very bottom of his heart. Like this is not—he is in a bad situation. He thought for a second he's in a good situation, and then he went from being, oh man, now Imagine maybe I'm in a setting. bad situation. He's—he's he's got two sinking boats. His friends are calling and yelling and shouting. There's fish all around him. There's fish everywhere. Jesus is standing right there and you get down on your knees and you fall on your face and you just, his face is in the water. He, he's like, just go. I mean, that's, he's, he's, he's having a life altering moment. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It reminds me of the second verse of Amazing Grace. It says, it was grace, it was grace that taught my heart to fear. 
and grace my fears relieved. Mm-hmm. It's God's grace to show you your sinfulness. And to show you his majesty. Yes. And his holiness. And the difference. And the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the thing is, in order for you, in order for you to care, in order for us to, now, if we were perfect, we would love God because of our perfection and our intimacy and closeness with him by default. But now that we are all sinful from birth, um, God wins us over by showing us how sinful we are, but then showing us that he loves us anyway and that he actually is paying the the, the price for our condemnation for us. Yeah. And he just forgives it and lifts it and washes us. And yeah. he shows us how reasonable we are being to be afraid. Yeah. It's reasonable to fear. Yeah. Jesus says, do not be afraid, not because it's unreasonable. Right. It is, it's reasonable right. to, to fear him. Yes. But Jesus is saying, because I've chosen not to, mm-hmm. not to uh, destroy you because of yes. your sin, I've chosen instead to, to pay for your sin oh, yeah, for come you. On. Don't oh. be afraid. Like I, you can not be afraid because I'm big and I'm scary, but I've chosen to love you. I'm, oh, I've so chosen good. to make myself safe to you. Good. It's it's oh. I love it. It's so cool. Don't be afraid. Oh, I'm getting my other coffee. He says, "Don't be afraid." Then he says, "From now on, you will be catching men." <laughs> and at that point, it's one of those things where I was like, when I, you know, the, when I think about changing, like leaving your profession, and even like leaving your family. Well, and it says, "Then they brought their nets to land. They left everything." That's the last time he was on a boat. Well, no, it wasn't, but. That's the last time he went out on a boat to, to, <laughs> to be a fisherman, to right. be a to be a professional fisherman. Until he thought it was all over when Jesus was dead and buried, then he goes back and he goes, "I'm going to go fishing." But anyway, this is he's like, "That's it. I'm not a fisherman anymore." He's going to leave all those fish. Somebody else is going to run up and take all those fish. Someone else is going to be like, "Well, if they're not going to clean these fish and take them to market, I will." You no know, kidding. Someone else is going to do that. They don't care. They don't even. Yeah, they, they don't, don't even, even care. care anymore. Well, because once they saw that, they're just like, none of this matters. Like yeah. it's like they took a pill in the Matrix. They literally saw the world for what it really was, and these fish are not actually important anymore. Yeah. Nature is not actually important. We're we're in we're in the presence of something totally different, and the world isn't what I thought it was. And if mm-hmm. this guy can just command our boats to sink full of fish, mm-hmm. then I need I don't know what's going to happen. But I need to be with him and not with the fish. <laughs> I'd rather because the fish aren't what's important. Um, I'd rather hang out with this guy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so, so here's a cool thing too. You know, we were talking about going through a season of empty nets. You know, and if only I could have this, then I could be content. Mm. You know, and we're talking about all of that. But guess what? Once, once you really see Jesus for all His glory, or when you, when you are reminded, because we can, we're prone to wander. We'll forget. Oh, I'm then, glad we're wrap. I'm glad we're getting to this. Keep going. This well, is good. Okay. So, so, so. You know, once we, once we, you know, get the things that, you know, once we see Jesus for who he is and all of his majesty and all of his value and all of his worth, we don't need 
all of those things that we thought we wanted. And they didn't even want it. No. It was presented to we them. We don't need the nets to be full anymore. We don't need that if only. Because the real treasure's over there. Yeah, with Jesus. And it's it's been there all, all along. Mm-hmm. It's been available to us all along. We can go right over there and take it whenever we want. Prosperity gospel teacher is going to end where their boats are sinking full of fish. And then the story's over. He yeah. doesn't end with them leaving the riches behind. That's right. That's he right. doesn't go on to that. He's just like, and then the Lord's going to give you all this fish, and so trust in the Lord, and you'll have boats and all this fancy stuff. No. You're going to say, I don't even want that stuff. Jesus, Jesus is Christ. Jesus is your treasure. Yes. And they didn't even care about that riches when and it just came to them. And now what are they free to do? They're free to leave it behind. They're free to leave it behind. They, They're free to follow him. They don't have to be bound by what is natural. It's natural to desire if you if your eyes can see this world and you're just seeing it for the way your flesh was born to see it. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course you want to have riches. Of course that is like maybe the best goal. There's not anything higher than that because I can just live in a giant house and sit in a hot tub. I don't know, not have to work or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then then once you're standing in a boat with the God of the universe. Where like stars fly out of his mouth when he speaks, mm-hmm. um, you're just like that that little that little house that I thought was awesome that is literally going to just crumble on its own and you know fall into disrepair in a very short period of time, mm-hmm. like is junk mm-hmm. in comparison. No doubt. Like, let's hang out with Jesus. No doubt. You know, I bought my house um, six years ago, six and a half years ago. It was move in ready. I made sure that that I didn't buy too high and had to do fixer up. I wanted to just move in ready because I wanted to get busy with my new job here. Yeah. Bought this house. Six and a half years, it already needs work. Yeah. It was move in ready then. We bought our house around the same time. Like I think it's like seven seven years but ago. But so. now it needs work. Now we've got to be like, oh man, we got to clean this and fix this. And this is falling off and this is rotting and this is... Getting lost, and we got to work on this, and go get new materials and new supplies and new professionals to get out here and do these things. So, so it's like these things that we will just spend all of our time and energy on. And what about this? Let's move on past material things to all of the other things that we get worked up about. Things like the political landscape, things like health, things like. Um, um, getting joy and satisfaction in in your job or having or feeling significance or whatever uh, i need to find entertainment and leisure and pleasure and vacation and bucket list all of that we or can look at all of that relate and you know find satisfaction in relationships yeah. or whatever yeah oh especially if you're single yeah right oh i've got to find that special one guess what and all of that, you are free to walk away and leave all that behind. You do not need to be bent out of shape to pursue that. If it's not going well, you do not need to be anxious. You do not need to be troubled. You don't need to be in despair or getting, well, getting making yourself ill. If you don't have Jesus, then you do. Then you should worry about those things. Yeah, right. So right, if, if, right. You, if, 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 Jesus, if Jesus isn't somebody, and I'm just saying this like for our audience sake, if if you're not at the point where you just you want to you want to figure out who Jesus is, and um, and let him into your life and your heart, 
um, and you don't, and you're not concerned about him, then yeah, you really should be concerned about relationships and m- making more money and finding satisfaction in your job because that's that's what you're gonna get. That's all. That's all the. That's, that's all, all that's, that's available. You've got. It's all that's available is yeah. is those things on this earth, um, but but because of what we know about Jesus, uh, if you if you actually can seek after Him, then you are free. You are freed mm-hmm. by Jesus to leave that all behind. Yeah, especially. And what I'm g- really going after in all of that is you're free to leave all the stress of that behind. Mm-hmm. And free to leave all of the yeah. dependency upon that to like, bring you contentment. Like I'm married and I have four children. I'm not going to leave my wife because I know that I'm freed not to be anxious about relationships. Right. But I am freed to be um, a husband to my wife uh, with the power of Jesus, the way Jesus yeah. would want me to be. Yeah. And I can, and I don't have to be anxious about all the little things that I might normally have to preoccupy. Right. The same with being a good worker. Or um, running a good business, or being a good voter, or being a good politician, yeah. or um, having a fun time on your vacation. You're free to, to put your energy into that, but without the worry. Yeah. I'm free to cast my vote, but if the results aren't the way I want them to be or think they should have been on this earth, I'm free to just rest. Then it's just it's an and empty if, net, maybe. And, and if the world is falling apart around me... Yeah. Like the boats are sinking and that's part of this world and all of the riches that we think are supposed to be here as, as Americans and uh-huh. in this state of, of prosperity and the country seems to be falling apart. Um, I actually can, even in the worst political situation, I can rest that I'm with Jesus and he's my treasure yeah. and these boats can sink. Yeah. These yeah. fish can sink. This riches can go away for all I care yeah. because that's... I, I can be free to do that. Because ultimately I found what I need. And the same with illness. I I can still I'm I can still pursue a cure. I can still pursue healing. I can pursue feeling good today, physically feeling good today, or mentally or emotionally or chemically feeling good today because maybe I'm suffering from depression, or maybe I'm suffering from migraine headaches, or maybe I'm suffering from um, dealing with you know whatever illness but the point is um if i found jesus christ i don't have to stress about that Mm -hmm. so what matters is to jesus is from now on you will be catching men he says here's the thing that i'm sending you out to do i'm freeing you up to go and do these things so if you are ill but you are in Christ, you are free from the worry, but sent out to other people who have the illness that you have, but don't have the freedom in Christ or the relationship with Christ that you have. You're free to be sent out to be an inspiration to people who have wellness and don't know how to treasure it. Yeah. While you have illness and have found your perfect treasure. You're sent out to that. So I'm not trivializing illness no. or, or depression or politics or even the bucket list. I'm not trivializing any of those We're things. We're just saying that Jesus is actually more important and is actually better. Is actually better. And and if if he does a work in your heart and makes your heart from flesh or from stone into flesh um, and you actually see him and have a relationship with him... 
you as an ill person and I as an ill person, um, I can I can minister to healthy people. Um, I can minister to ill people. Uh, I don't have to be bitter or jealous. I actually have a much greater treasure than health. Yeah. My treasure is better than health. Yeah. I don't have to be jealous of my friend yeah. who doesn't struggle with my particular illness. Because there are people, Paul, Paul says in Philippians, I have learned in every state to be content. I've learned when I have and when I don't have. So think about it like this. There are people out there in both of the states yeah. on whatever category. Yeah. And they... They, they're not content even though they have it, and they're not content... And they don't have it. And they don't have it. And you, whether you have or you don't have, but with Christ, you have all things. Mm-hmm. You can go to either of those groups of people, and you can demonstrate contentment in Christ. Mm-hmm. So you can demonstrate contentment in Christ in your wellness or in your ill health to people who are well but not content or ill but not content. And you can say, look what I found. I found Christ. And that's how you catch people for Christ. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus fills up our hearts with contentment, or he, he can fill up our heart with contentment and love so that it's overflowing. Yeah. And that overflow can be given away by us to others. That's right. We can give the excess contentment and love in our hearts because of Jesus away and we can just go and lo- we're free to go and love others regardless what state they are in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? we, we absolutely instead of, you know, hating them or judging them because they're poor or hating them and judging them because they're rich. Yeah. Um we we can go and realize that it doesn't matter what they have or what they don't have. Jesus is offered freely. Mhm. But uh, and and they and they would benefit from having him. And you know what? Jesus is, in, in essence, because he's with you, it's like he's in you. It's like he's um, just coming out of all of your pores. He's like he's beaming out of your eye sockets. And when you speak, you speak um, with his spirit and his grace and his contentment and his um, desire to, to follow God, right? So that as you do that, it, it's like, the people that you're sent out to catch will will have the GPS location um, to head right to you. Yeah. And it's like you're that empty net, just like those fish in the lake. Like you are that empty net, and those people are going to be like, I have to get into that net. Jesus will send um, the people that need to hear right up to you, and then he'll say, now you shine for me. Mm-hmm. Now, now you demonstrate your contentment in me. And your job is to be a net and be what you were made to be. Yeah. And so um, don't don't shrivel up when the fish come. Um, yeah. You know, just just relish the opportunity. And don't worry when they're not coming. Yeah. You're, you're just a net. You're just a net. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the one that controls the brains of fish. Right, right, right. You can't do that. So the Holy Spirit will guide them right in. And then as he does, you catch them. You just catch them like a net catches them. Mm-hmm. You just catch them. We often think, oh, I'm, I'm going to be um, um, a fisher of men or whatever. Like we're the ones that are the active agents. A fisherman just throws a line in the yeah. water or puts a net out there. That's yeah. all he's doing. And, yeah. But he is, he's doing something. Yeah. yeah. But he's doing what he was made to do and yeah. what he knows how to do and what he does. But the point is Jesus. Jesus the, brings the fish. Jesus is the active agent here. Mm-hmm. 
And we just demonstrate our contentment in him and that he is all to us and he is center to us. And our freedom to, to have him be all to us. And, and those that he sends will, will, will find that too. And they'll do the same thing. They'll say, depart from me, O Lord. Not when they encounter you or me, but when they encounter Christ. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, depart from me, I'm sinful. And yeah. he'll say, but don't be afraid. Well, the, I've had I've had I've had coworkers or people that we've just chatted and stuff, and they know I'm a Christian. We talk about Jesus, and they'll say some of that not to depart from me, but you know I'll invite them to church or something, and they'll say, oh yeah, that place will burn down if I enter the doors. I'm not going to that church. That place will everybody mm-hmm. will just catch on fire if I walk into those doors. Like they're almost saying, like, well, like I'll catch on fire or something like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're acknowledging that, you know, in, in their, in their thought and their idea, mm-hmm. if they enter the presence of God, as if a church building is any yeah, different. I've heard the same thing um, before. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they yeah. just, yeah, they, they're acknowledging something that Peter's acknowledging. Right. Um, and it's honestly probably a good thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to discourage him. Yeah. <laughs> just like, but just go one more step. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's worthy saying, of being afraid, but he said, don't be. He says, but don't be afraid. He says it. That's he his has, choice. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you just come on in. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. How he, um, he's the one in charge. He's the active agent. He was all along. Yeah. And um, 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 we can find our great contentment in him. All right, should we take a break? I think so. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and wrap it up. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. All right, started. We're okay. back. We are back. Welcome back. Um, so, Brock, what did... You take away from Luke chapter 5. Well, I mean, in just 11 verses, there was a lot more there than I think either of us thought was going to be there. Absolutely. And a story that we've heard a million times as Christians growing up in church Mm -hmm. about fishers of men and Peter meeting Jesus and stuff. But I already told you during the podcast that I'm going to memorize and probably already have internalized verse Mm 5. So where Peter... Um, he's uncomfortable in his flesh to to throw out the nets, and he's just like, "Master, we took nothing all night." But and mm-hmm. then he talked, and then he knows something about Jesus. But he says, "But at your word, I'll do it." And um, and then he sees what was meant to be seen, mm-hmm. and it was. I just love the struggle between the flesh and acknowledging that, but letting your knowledge about the God of that made your flesh mm-hmm. override it. Um, it's, it's, that was pretty cool. Yeah. What about you? Well, two things and they go together. One is that idea that contentment is freedom and that I'm free to be content that you, you referenced the matrix and I thought that was really cool. I didn't say anything at the time, but that's, I, that's been in my mind ever since that, um, all of the things that are all around me that I think I need, I am free to not need those things. Hmm. I am free to be content. And yet, like Peter falling on his face, I'm not free to be content to just keep on sinning. I'm not free to be content to just be... Um, I, I'm free to actually be raised up with Christ to newness of life, if I can use some Romans language. I'm free to be that kind of content, free to aspire for Christ. Mm-hmm. 
Let that be my contentment. Yeah, you're not free to be content to keep striving after wealth or health or whatever, because that's that's not contentment. No, <laughs> you're free, no, you're free exactly. to stop stop worrying about those or the things. sinful things that I think will satisfy me, or the selfish things that I think you know make me the center of my universe. I'm not free to be content for that. I'm not free to. I'm free to aspire for Christ mm-hmm. and make Him the center. Um, and anytime I'm told I don't, I, you know, I need this, I can say I don't need that. You know, I I think about that as like you know how people that like put their like go on a vacation and it's like an unplugged vacation. Like they mm-hmm. don't take their cell phone, they don't yeah. take their yeah. laptop. Yeah. And maybe it's just like for three days or something like that. But then they're just like, oh, how what a what a rest that was. I was just able to not have to worry about that stuff. I feel like like that's the stuff that you're free you're free not just to put away technology but that's yeah. a good a, yeah. that's a good way to know that that's real when you have Jesus you're free to kind of put away the worries and the anxiety and the anxieties of of money and health and and really um, you can live like that all the time exactly exactly there's nothing telling you there's no law saying you can't live like that all the time mhm yeah yeah okay cool cool Cool. Well, we used to roll for next week. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to do that. But let's just roll at the beginning. I like that we rolled the beginning because when we read the title... Well, let's check it off. Do we have a marker? I do have a marker right here. We read the title, and right from the title, we even didn't even realize what the, the chapter was going to be no, about. No, we didn't even know what the And we're just was. like yeah. going in blind. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. It was fun. In fact, I liked how we actually had preferences. I wanted two. You wanted six. We got ten. We got ten. And now I want ten. I know, I do too. I'm just glad we did ten. Yeah. yeah. I just I wanna I wanna uh All right. Yeah. So hey, next week um we'll do another podcast. Yeah. Freedom Current um, will do another one next week yeah. and we'll post it. And we're just gonna be posting them. We're gonna try just to be posting them every week. And they're on right now they're on YouTube, YouTube, Spotify, Spotify and Apple Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. All right, so find us there, Freedom Current. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.